Welcome to the Cherry Picker, the horror movie podcast where we like to kill people, but not really. I'm your host, Zach Cherry, and with me as always is... Please, please let the dreams be real. Eddie of Edward is Truth. And today we are talking about the new released horror movie, The Black Phone, which just came out uh, June 24th, 2022. So, we we just went to the theater and saw this uh, over the weekend, separately, because... Not together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You live in the States, (laughs) I live in Canada. So, why don't you get us started with uh, a synopsis? All right. A shy but clever 13-year-old boy named Vinny Shaw gets abducted by a sadistic masked killer who traps Vinny in a soundproof basement where no one will hear him scream. But a disconnected phone on the wall begins to ring. And when Finney answers, he can hear voices of the killer's previous victims. Between these helpful ghosts and Finney's sister, Gwen, who's also begun to embrace her psychic abilities in search of her missing brother, Supernatural children everywhere are dead set on making sure something dreadful doesn't happen to Finney. The Black Phone. (laughs) I didn't do it in context this time because I'm tired. (laughs) Well, uh, it it could enough. We'll we'll (laughs) see. Yeah, why not? But, um... Okay, so uh, just just to get right to it, uh, what are you, what are your initial thoughts? This has been a movie that you know it was supposed to come out last year. We'll, we'll just say it was 2021, yeah. and it got pushed back because of life. And uh, yeah. it, it, we're finally getting it now, and this is uh, Blumhouse, obviously. But uh, yeah, it, uh, it it was getting a lot of buzz. Uh, even like a year ago, I guess for, for people who had pre-screened it and, you know, even right. just uh, up to like this, this past month was getting a lot of good reviews. So where, where do you mm-hmm. fall on that? Well, first off, let me say, I remember seeing the trailer some time ago, I think when it was originally supposed to be released in maybe 2021, I don't even remember, yeah. but, um, and seeing the trailer, I was interested. My, you know, I was definitely piqued my interest and uh then i found out it, oh that hasn't opened yet oh right life so <laughs> i saw it and honestly overall i have to say i'm not really all that enthusiastic about it in retrospect um mm. i don't think i'll see it again oh wow. uh, that that's how i feel mm, what about you overall um i i liked it i i yeah. I do. I I do have notes, which we're gonna get to, but uh, I, I I felt overall like I I was happy to see it. I think that so far, unlike of all the uh, horror movies that have come out this year, two thousand and twenty-two, I'd say it's third. I like I I would say it's behind Scream, uh, mm. which is also behind X. So like X has been my mm. favorite so far, and that's and that's uh, retained that that first place spot but uh i think that it's 
it's going to be hard to not, I mean, obviously we're going to go through this and there's going to be a lot of uh, comparisons made to Sinister. Um, and I think that for the most part, I, I would say that this is an improvement uh, over Sinister, just in terms of some of the things that I felt were lacking in that movie. But at the same time, I feel that mm. there were certain things that that movie had, which were lacking in this one. So it's almost like for Scott Derrickson to to kind of like hone in on like what he got right in that movie. He also lost a lot of the other things that he got right. So overall, I mean, I thought it was good. Um, okay. <laughs> it's, I, I, I'm, I will definitely see it again. I, I might even buy it, but uh, I'm not going to rush to go see it in the theater again. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sure. Well, we'll see uh, as more horror movie releases come out this year uh, if it can still kind of keep that top three spot or if it's going to move down for me. But uh, that's without without get really getting into it just yet. That's that's kind of where it is for me. Okay, what do you think? If if I may ask, what do you think Scott Derrickson and basically like you know his team at large yeah. like uh, improved upon with this? In in uh, relation to Sinister, Sinister uh, character, uh, because in Sinister we hmm. had uh, Ellison Oswalt. I, I want to say is the, the name of the Ethan Hawke character and his family, hmm. and also the James Ransone character. And I felt that like nobody was relevant in that movie other than Ethan Hawke, and we we spent the entire movie following Ethan Hawke around in these scenarios that just felt very repetitive. And it was, we definitely saw like the, um, the, the, um, the, the evolution of a man whose, whose psyche was coming undone slowly and slowly, which was an interesting Mm -hmm. character study. But in terms of like the relationships to everyone else, it was just like, why are these people here why why is his wife and kids here when they're not even important enough to the story for us to like even remember their names or even get more than uh one minute uh with them at a time so i feel with Mm. with the black phone uh i want to say like this movie started off really strong i i do want to say that i i was much more engrossed in the story at the beginning than as we went through and, and i'll talk about like where I think that maybe uh, they took some wrong turns. Um, but, the, but the first act of everything and just like building this relationship with the two siblings who, as far as I'm concerned, were the, the breakout stars and characters of, of this movie of uh, Finney and Gwen. Let me just look up their names here because I did not... Uh, Mason... Thames or Thames, uh, who played Finney, who's uh-huh. relatively and Madeline new. McGraw. Yeah, he he hasn't really been in Sorry. a whole lot. And Madeline McGraw was mm-hmm. uh, she's been in some stuff. Um, oh, she mm-hmm. she did the voice of Bonnie in Toy Story Four. Um, very, I was very impressed with with them, and I definitely like this was a movie like it really you know tugged at you know some emotional. <laughs> Uh, heartstrings for me. Uh, I definitely felt the like the the bond between these two characters, and that was really a driving force for like especially the beginning, but then going into the rest of it, which I don't want to say was completely successful uh, of where it turned out, but uh, mm. I think that just in terms of of the improvement, they they definitely got that right. 
with those characters, or at least like with your main character and uh, making it someone who I just like, I was interested in their story. I wanted to see, you know, I was rooting for them because I don't think that Ellison uh, in Sinister, I was just like, eh, you know, you could, you could he, I picked him as the cherry picker, you know, like that's when, when your main <laughs> character is, is uh, you know, that, that uh, awful. Not to say that. Didn't not we to say also that, establish? Sorry. Oh, well, I was just gonna say not that Ethan Hawke was, was awful, and that I thought he he did a great job uh, no. in in Sinister, but uh, still, like uh-huh. you know, I I wanna I wanna at least get behind my my main character, and I think that Finny or Finn, as he likes to be called, uh, and and Gwen by extension were were a vast improvement. Okay, I can see that. Um, I also wanted, uh, yeah, just to comment. Did we uh, say in our sinister pod that uh, it was basically like a bad version of The Shining? Like, I mean, a tale as old as time, <laughs> you know, a story that gets recycled over and over again. And yeah. um, if you can't, if you can't at least be on par with what you're paying homage to or full on ripping off, then why, why do it? But that said, I, I'm glad that you brought up the 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 relationship between the siblings because I. You made me think about two moments. And the first, uh, I'll lead with the positive. It was the moment after an excruciating scene where Gwen is being beat by their father with a belt for having visions because she's not her mother. And because apparently her mother had visions and she started, the, the, the vision started telling her to do things. And I kind of lost track at one point because it, it I got a little derailed because it was such a frank depiction of violence for me and I was really upset at uh, the immobilization. I'm sure Finney was too, but the immobilization of Finney standing there screaming at him to stop but not intervening. There was the, the moviegoer part of me wanted to see it stopped and and also maybe felt a little upset because I didn't feel like the movie necessarily earned this scene it felt uh, it made me uncomfortable i thought or the performance by madeleine uh what's her last name uh mcgraw was amazing um and i don't know how i know they you that's that's the scene you have to shoot multiple takes yeah. from multiple angles and everything like that and i don't know how she did that and kept her little heart intact um and so that's an achievement. Um, but then the, the moment that stuck out for me while you were talking about their relationship is the moment when everything is settled and the father just kind of like disappears and the two of them just sit down, the two siblings just sit and watch television and she just kind of cocks her head and just leans it on his shoulder, on her brother's shoulder while she's just trying to collect herself and, you know, like muffle her right. her her cries and stuff. That, that was... Um, Sad, and that was and, and uh, moving. Um, that said, the the way the movie plays out and reaches uh, another moment where they reconnect at the very end. Spoilers, folks. <laughs> okay, <laughs> where he's running there, out of the this house. Is a good, we're talking about a movie. There's going to be spoilers. I know, I know, I know. But while he's like running out of the house and while she's like running in the direction, the opposite direction of everybody else, because she's the only one who sees him and everybody thinks they've caught the, you know, silence of the lambs. Uh, (laughs) She runs to him and like holds him. And there's this, you know, big emotional reunion. And the two of them are sitting in the back of the ambulance, just like, I guess, wrapped in blankets or something, just talking to each other. And I remember that moment passed by 
and I had no emotional investment in it. And I thought I should be bawling my eyes out right now. <laughs> These kids in uh, 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 a violent household, you know, uh, uh, victims of an abusive father. Yeah. Um, like this girl has these powers that she's been told to deny and she used them to try and help find her brother. And now she's found her brother who's her world, basically. Like that's the, the, the impression I got from her performance. And here he is seeing the light of day, you know, like finally, like actually like free and everything like that. They're reconnecting. And I, I am such a crier. Yeah. And I was not crying. Something was missing for me. And I think it was the rest of the movie because uh, I felt like it was too scattered. I felt like I, there were a lot of good ideas. I could see what they were going for. Mm -hmm. And I just think I wish the script could have gone through a few more drafts. I think I wish there could have been things edited out. I think I, I wish that uh, Scott Derrickson's inclinations as a director and as a storyteller could have taken me less, less in that room. I, I was not interested in what transpired in that room. I was not scared of it. I was just disgusted by uh, the grabber. Um, and this is like this. We uh, like, oh, let's get into it. Okay, I I have a thing. <laughs> yes. Well, well no, no, no. It's just okay because you, you always do this where you're. We're already in it, but then you're getting into it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really like, getting I, into it. I just it. want to so, like pull it back a second here because um, yes, yes, you yes. do. You did mention The Shining, which I guess we referenced in uh, Sinister, because I did uh, pick up on a lot of um, references, and you also mentioned Silence of the Lambs because I. You know, yeah. obviously, huge Silence of the Lambs influence. You've got the, the the grabber, as it were, doing the whole Buffalo Bill thing with the van. Yep. Uh, and then obviously the fake out with the, the different houses, which I th was done very unsuccessfully here. I agree with what you say when you, yeah. when you say that it was scattered and could have been worked around a little. Um, but there's definitely The Shining. There was definitely Doctor Sleep. Um, there, there, mm. there were some other things I... I, I they might come back to me. Um, but I think that what, you know, I, I, I will say is that, yeah, that the, it wasn't scary. I, there was never any part mm -hmm. that I was scared. And I think that this has a lot to do. And I, I know you were going to get into the grabber here, but I think that that's kind yeah. of where this movie failed in, in one aspect is that mm -hmm. the grabber was just not an interesting character to me. And in any sense at all. And not to say that Ethan Hawke was bad. Um, like he was fine, but it was just like he didn't, he wasn't given anything juicy to work with. He was basically just mm. this, it was almost like, it, it, it's like when you think of like Michael Myers and you know, what makes him so scary is that like, there's so much mystique behind him. It's almost like the, everything that we don't know about him. Whereas the grabber, it was almost like, it's not even a, a point where there's stuff that we don't know about him. It's just that there's literally nothing there. Like he is, it, it's an absence of a character in like the worst sense of anything. So I never felt no. at any point that Finn was in any sort of danger. Like I always like knew he's getting out of this. Like there's no, mm. like it, we've all, we've spent the entire movie showing a very capable young boy who's clearly mm -hmm. like smart and resourceful and knows everything while we've spent absolutely no time 
with Ethan Hawke at all. The only time we see him is when he comes down, which there were very few scenes of him even being there. Like, I'd be interested to actually clock in how much mm-hmm. screen time Ethan Hawke has in this movie because I don't think that right. it's any more than than five minutes. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe seven. I don't, I, I don't know. But it, it, it didn't even feel like that. It felt like a lot less. And everything... Yeah. Even uh, like the James Ransone character who just felt like completely shoehorned in there for what felt like a twist at, or like a surprise, like a jump scare at, at the end there, which I totally saw come, like when he opens the door yeah. and he discovers yeah. like, oh, I knew he had something down here. But it's just like, why are you why is the door only open a crack? with your face in it and you clearly you seem to be looking in a different direction that's just like I know that Ethan Hawke is behind you when you open the door the whole way yeah. that it was just yeah. like you totally unsuccessful jump scare there um, mm-hmm. but that's that's definitely one of the areas where I felt that <clears throat> you know like Bagul in, in Sinister was terrifying I mean we talked about how people consider that to be the, one of the scariest movies ever made which neither of us agreed with but I will say that it was a, a very startling movie like they successfully built up jump scares in that whereas like we then kind of transition into the grabber who mm. as far as I'm concerned like I'll, I'll take uh, the, the fisherman uh, over him like any day <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I would too, because yeah. at least he made me jump. But th- okay, th- yeah, and uh, okay, so yeah, uh, let me address James Ransone. I like him as an actor. I like what I've seen him do thus far. Um, I really liked him in uh, Sinister, and I really liked him in It Chapter Two. Um, I, I, it's not even his fault in this movie, but I concur with you. I felt like if his character was there to provide comic relief failure on the part of the filmmakers because all he was doing was cocaine and conspiracy talk before then before we got the reveal for like who the hell he was and i i didn't i I was like are are they trying to lighten the mood because it's not working and 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 i don't but it's it's not even not working because there's any particular mood set Uh, like like i think you you put it great in terms of like the grabber being a non-character, what would actually terrify me more about the grabber? And it actually made me think as I was leaving the theater, I thought about, um, I won't offer any spoilers, but I thought about a movie we reviewed on uh, your Patreon uh, called uh, Fresh that was dropped on Hulu uh, this year. Mm -hmm. And it just made me think about, without spoilers, Showing a duality with a person who has a secret, you know, kind of like a secret life that they, and even a secret uh, room, shall we say, or a secret section of their home. Um, and then watching them kind of conduct themselves in the, that's what terrifies me about a character like that is that mm-hmm. they can move freely about in the light of day and people don't know mm-hmm. how sick they are. You know, they, they're not, it's not that they're this creepy, imposing, uh, a, a sinister character. Yeah. It's that they're a human being who just this darkness is housed yeah. within them. I mean, even they have like the ability to abduct someone. And Buffalo Bill, who is like, home. you know, largely yeah. kind of the inspiration. Like, you know, we saw so much of him, you know, even, even in his like attempts to, to lure his victims, like, you know, pretending to be a cripple and, yeah. and, you know, needing 
help moving a couch into into a van or whatever. Whereas like here, and this is kind of, and you know, I'll, I'll get more into what they could have improved upon later, but I didn't like how Finn was abducted because it almost like undermined his intelligence as a character because it's like, here Absolutely. you are as a, as a kid in this town where you know that people are being abducted and, you know, he's has no trepidations about walking up to this stranger in a van who's just like, I'm a magician. It's just like, are those black balloons? Like after already knowing what your sister said and then like immediately yeah. getting grabbed by the grabber. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but uh, I mean, he did fight back, but, but it was still like, it was almost like that's, that's how you segued the story into kind of like the second act. Like it, it was just like, yeah, like you said, there, there should have been some rewrites there. And uh, yeah. in terms of the, the James Ransone character, I never found that to be. I, I mean, first when we first saw him, because it was like the the cops came to the house, and he's like, "Yeah, come in," and you know, showing this map and all that. And I thought that that was it. Like that was all we were going to see of him. Like he was just kind of like a, a wacky character. Maybe he would like show up again later on. Like he, he's not a, a big part of it but then immediately like when he goes and he does the rail off of the coffee table it does this the the transition to the below the floorboards so it like from that point on i'm just like oh so is this the same house and i don't know if like they were already Mm -hmm. trying to clue us in on that but i mean like when you go from like beneath the floorboards of the same scene into the next one that's what i'm thinking i'm thinking back to malignant um and 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 you know shit like that so maybe i I mean it it didn't feel like a twist that was ever earned like and especially with the Mm. the uh like the silence of the lambs thing with like the clarice at the the wrong house and them going there and none of that it's just like i don't understand what they were trying to do other than copy silence of the lambs but do it wrong Mm. because i think that what of what might have been a more successful way of doing that is to have the house that they, the cops actually break into be the one mm-hmm. where James Ransone's character lives. And it looks the same. Like, that was another thing. Like, the interiors of both houses were the, exactly the same, but the exteriors <laughs> were different. But, I mean, like, that that yeah. aside, if they and then they found out, oh, no, it's the house across the street. That's where his brother lives or something like that. You know, that would have been better than just being like, well, he has this house, which is empty because that's where he, he buries the bodies. And, like, what? Of any sense does that also, make? Also, why would he ever house his brother in the house that has a live child when across the street the basement just has dead bodies and all he has to do is lock a door to keep his brother out of there? Like, yeah. you run a greater risk having your live captive child, yeah. you know, like, share a space. even No matter how soundproof it is, I mean... Yeah, that door. Uh, uh, yeah, but I, I think I, that was. a Yeah, like why it didn't that. work is because like they were it was almost like because with Silence of the Lambs, when the FBI gets there and the house is empty and then uh, you have uh, uh, what's his face, his character, who's just like Clarice, even though that doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. that he would like immediately think of her. But it's still like for us, the audience, we know like shit, she like, it's the house that she's going to is the one where where the, the danger is. But at that point, no. where, as they were transitioning like both scenes like uh just like playing them simultaneously we already saw that finn had killed the grabber and was like making his way out of the house so it's just like it's yeah. there is no tension here we already know that everything is fine um mm-hmm. so it just it, again like that's what i mean like when i say that like scott derrickson improved upon character but he literally threw everything else out the window uh it, <laughs> like in spite of it which i you know I, it's mm-hmm. like 
balance them. I, I don't know what else to say, but um. no, yeah, I, I agree. I also feel like the the there was I got a feel for again what they were going for with when James Ransone's character Max, another mm-hmm. Max. We had Max with I know what you did last summer. Also, J- Johnny Galecki could he. Mm-hmm. Could have used him in this movie. But anyway, <laughs> James Ransone opens the door. And I remember uh, it, it like uh, a f- as it was going on and we got the moment where he killed his own brother and everything. I was just like, oh, misery. And he wilts with the shotgun. Right. With, you know, the discovery right. I was getting a lot of misery from this too. Like, yeah. But like misery yeah. light, you know. <laughs> and that's why with something like Fresh, which I will not go into, if you want to know, join uh, Zach's Patreon and watch us review that. Oh, thank but you. But with that movie, it, d- it went in a lot of different directions that I did not see coming and it kept, and it kept doing it to me. It kept doing things that made me go, Oh my God. And I could feel this movie trying that, but it, mm-hmm. it just, it, it, yeah, it just did not work. And another thing. Okay. <sighs> How am I going to say this? Okay. I did not have fun with this movie. Now I understand there is an entire subgenre of horror that exists not for us to have fun with it, not for us to take a ride, not for us to be going through the spook house or, you know, like whatever mm-hmm. it's, it's about, it can be about tragedy or it can be about, you know, like, um, you know, or even just like brutality or something yeah. like that. And there are definitely those movies that I adore and that I do own and that I will watch over and over and over again. Um, I remember hearing, uh, and I won't go into it too much, but I remember hearing when hereditary first came on the scene, a very uh, helpful review from Clark Wolf. She said, um, I, I liked it a lot. I did not have any fun. If you're looking for a horror movie to have fun with, mm-hmm. don't walk into this thinking like, you know, because they, they, she talked about like, the, you know, the, the uh, ads for it, like saying the, the quote from one critic's review saying like, you know, not since Exorcist. And she says, that was, that was a mistake mm-hmm. because people are going to go in expecting to see The Exorcist. And The Exorcist, it's not like it's fun. But it's thrilling, you know, and Hereditary is very different. Um, I don't, I don't get thrills <laughs> watching that movie, but I do adore it. I adore, you know, the frankness, and I adore the uh, uh, the terror, like the kind of like inter- interpersonal terror within like a family unit, you know, yeah. not you know, un, un, uh, not knowing like what you know they're in, in uh, what they're in for. With this movie, I thought like. I feel like, but I remember people criticizing Hereditary for being made by people who don't know how to make a proper horror movie. And I took issue with that. This movie, I feel, I don't think Scott Derrickson can't make a proper horror movie, but I don't think he did. I feel like it, 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 it it didn't know enough what it wanted to put me through Mm -hmm. because even the opening for like the first 10 minutes, I want to say maybe I didn't check my watch or anything, but it, 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 it all seemed very, very kind of like, like lighthearted children in summer, you know, like uh, the Mm -hmm. ball game with Bruce beating, um, uh, 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 the, 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 the kid Finney, Finney and, um, and everything. And I was just like, and I just turned to uh, my friend who I went to go see it with, and I asked, "Did we walk in the right theater?" <laughs> because I, I don't, I don't. It's the black phone, and I'm saying, "Okay, I don't have a problem with it, but, but I hope that we get to a mood at some point." It just kind of feels like 
oh poor kid and you know like okay. all this and everything well, like that. I'm okay I'm gonna I'm gonna interject because I go for I it. mean I I understand what you mean by you didn't have fun but I wouldn't say that this mm-hmm. is completely devoid of fun because I think that there was definitely moments in this that were you know very evocative of you know horror movies where it's just like oh that like I I'm enjoying this uh you know um particularly with Gwen with her visions or her dreams or whatever. Like I, I loved when she's, she's kind of like thrust into them, but she's interacting with her dreams in a way. Like she's getting into the police car with the one kid Vance. And then it's like, none of it, like it's a dream. Like nothing is makes any sense. Like we're, there's no end or beginning. We're just kind of like going through and she's, you know, taking liberties along with it or, or just what, however the, the characters are to, to like, you know, get out and find the, the address. I liked sort of, I mean, I, this is maybe more so mixed, but I, I, I did appreciate seeing sort of like the style, like that, uh, super eight, uh, video that they kind of oh. took from, from sinister to kind of like make these dream sequences. Mm. I felt like it didn't really necessarily make sense. Like it, it didn't work the same way that it did there, but it was still nice to see it because it did add some texture to the movie. Like with, with Sinister, obviously it made sense because those were videos that, you know, were being recorded and watched by the characters here. It just felt like it it, it had just become like sort of like this, this unique flavor to Scott Derrickson that we're going to like, you know, use, but I wouldn't say that I didn't have fun at at any point Uh, during the movie. Like it's definitely like more serious in tone, but I was enjoying it. And especially like, you know, when you talk about the the opening and just sort of like kids being kids and, and baseball games, I knew where I mean, I didn't have any uh, misgivings or, or just like confusion about what movie I saw. I saw that this is a movie mm. that's setting up its characters. It's setting up a uh, a world, an environment that 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 these kids inhabit. And it's going to be corrupted by this presence, the grabber. And mm. So that's why, like, the the first part of the movie worked really well for me because I was seeing this. I was seeing, like, these kids at school and just, like, the daily horrors that they have to deal with, you know, even outside of of the, the prospect of the grabber being there, of just, like, the, the bullying and the child abuse that by the time the, the grabber actually showed up, I almost, like, mentally, I, I was just thinking, like, the grabber's not even, like, the the biggest villain of the story. Uh, <laughs> just in terms of like of the horror that that was going on, and right. what I think would have worked a lot better because we see that his uh, his friend Robin, who is the, yeah. the the child who was taken before Finn, um, mm-hmm. he it was almost like you know it happened so quickly where you know he was abducted and then it was just like almost like the next few days and then Finn was. What I would have liked to see is for Finn and Gwen to actually be like, you know what, like, we're going to find our friend because like the police and I love this with like the Gwen character where she basically like, I I forget like what uh, expletive she used when she's just sitting in the the principal's office and she's just like cursing. She's like, what, you think I'm the fucking grabber? Like an eight year old girl? Mm. Fuck you. Um, Which is always fun to see children (laughs) swearing. But yeah, what I would have liked to see is for the, those two characters to kind of just be like, we're, you know, like the police are useless. Like we're going to find Robin on our own and, and whether or not like they were already too late in finding him or whatever, but that could have been 
sort of the reason that Finn gets grabbed or you know captured by by the grabber is because he went like poking his nose around in in a scenario like that would have made a lot more sense it would have felt less contrived than than Finn just being the next victim in line to to getting kidnapped because like I said it didn't really make any sense like it, it almost undermined his character that he would be like naive enough to to just like allow that to happen to him that I would have rather you know, they almost like a rear window thing or just they're like spying on houses and then and mm. then that. And then for some reason, like Gwen didn't know the location of where Finn was. So it was just sort of like her just, you know, using her her shine, as it were, to to kind of figure mm. it out. And what, and what also would have been good just because the connection between those two characters was so great. The black phone could have been like sort of like a, like a conduit between those two characters where it's just like she didn't know where he he was and he didn't know where he was but it was just like you know we don't need to see i mean it was cool that we saw like the the past victims and and all that and i think right. another that was sort of like another holdover from sinister cuz we did see like the 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 former dead kids in in that movie which i don't think worked yeah. as successfully as it did here i think they did it much better in in the black phone but yeah like let allow that phone to be kind of a way that you know he can have that connection to his sister, and the and the rest of the movie could have been almost like you know if you're really wanting to be a Silence of the Lambs and having this sort of this this investigation of just being like yeah the t- the the time is ticking we got to find Finn because like this guy's going to kill him. Hmm. Yeah. The uh, I I definitely agree with your inclination to lean into the detective work of it all because actually um uh Gwen's character was the one who I wanted to follow. Mm-hmm. Everything about her was in- everything about her was interesting to me. I it was interesting like her religiosity and and yet her own kind of like epiphany about it like mm-hmm. if I keep asking for things and you just keep letting bad things happen then ma- are you even there kind of thing. Yeah. I um her ability to be victimized by her father in in such a violent and humiliating way, but then to take charge of the room with the detectives when they're not giving her the answers that she wants to hear. I just thought like, okay, this kid and Robin also like after his confrontation in the uh, bathroom in the in the in the public uh, boys' room at the school with the bullies who want to take Finney apart and then he walks in and just kind of says you can leave now and after he's washing his hands and shit and I'm just kind of like that kid's my hero too yeah um it would have been nice if I don't yeah if we could have seen something else I mean, maybe they were limited by Joe Hill's short story which the movie's based on um the screenplay was uh, written by Scott Derrickson and C. Robert Cargill uh I, I I'd really be interested to read the short story and see if what what elements were Interlate, interwoven by the screenwriters and originated with their, you know, ideas. Like, well, yeah. what if, you know, like, is is his sister even there? Is she psychic? Like, how much of a part does she play? Because she really was the she really was the one who I wanted to follow. But even it did not escape, and I'd hate to bring this up, but it is, it did not escape my attention while I was watching this that even though there was that first kid who what was his name, Mike, I think. Who eventually Bruce? gets on the black phone and like appears? No, the the, the the first the first kid in the long line of all of them, like the original kid, because there were more than Bruce just was the two. first one that like came on the phone. But there's the like the paper boy. I forget his name. Yeah, the paper boy. I think he, yeah. I think it was Mike. 
Um, but uh, let's call him Mike for the sake of this pod. <laughs> um, um, so even though like he was, you know, like the first kid, like, you know, like a um, uh, a white kid, the two kids that we were introduced to, it did not escape my attention that they were children of color who were killed, who are now working to save this white kid. And I was just, I don't know. It just kind of bothered me. I'm sitting, I immediately started sitting there like, like, what? Okay. So the tough kid, the Latino kid who can handle himself and who, you know, like has the gravitas that this 42 year old man Mm -hmm. envies. (laughs) I'm pointing to myself, this 42 year old man wishes I could be that assertive. And, you know, now I'll probably reach in my back pocket if I ever need it, you know, to be threatened, threatening, to uh, someone who I think, you know, is threatening somebody I care about or whatever. I might just do that anyway. But anyway, um, has like also in my eyes been discredited in the fact that because we don't even see what transpires between him and the grabber and how he gets abducted. Mm-hmm. So but he seems uh, he was another one who seemed so much smarter than someone who would approach a van like that, especially when, again, like uh, one child has already been abducted. Poor Bruce. And I, I don't know. I, ugh, I, it's so depends on me to just kind of buy into the premise of yeah. the grabber and his ability to ensnare these kids. And I, and that's why I we never ever... sh- like it, it. Always cuts away. The only time we see it happen is with Finney, and it was just like it was so quick. It, it just yeah. like, it wasn't important enough to the script. I, I do want to no. say though in. in because it just seems like, and I'm not saying that you're anti-Finn, but it just seems like you're maybe not as on board <laughs> with him. But because it was established in that scene, and I'm, I might be misremembering it, but, you know, because he had that conversation with Robin. And Robin, I think, said something about just like his, you know, his strength might have been like more so just like his his emotions or just like, you know, the mm. way he cares about people. And, I, I, you know, I think that that's eventually, like, that's why he succeeded in the end where where the others didn't obviously he had their help which was a little contrived and also the because there is a line that robin says to finn in that in that bathroom scene uh where he's just like one of these days you're gonna have to stand up for yourself and i knew like when he said that it's just like well you know obviously it's gonna be to the grabber but then it it Mm -hmm. bothered me when he said that again like as like ghost robin over the phone because it's just like yeah. Why are you just reminding us? It's just like this should be subtext. It shouldn't be like repeated text. Yeah. And it was like that kind of bothered me. It just felt like I was watching something that was like trying so hard to be intelligent. And it was intelligent, but it was just like pandering to, to you know, kind of like the, the dumbing itself down for, you know, any for anyone. And... There were certain things like the whole time because this there were some surprises for me because I felt like when he said to him, this is what you're going to do. You're going to take the receiver of the phone and you're going to pack it with dirt and you're going to use that as a weapon. And all I could think of is just like, why do you need to pack the phone with dirt? You've got the grate off of the window, (laughs) which could do a lot of damage if you swing it into him. You've got the the cover for the toilet tank Mm -hmm. that can fucking concuss someone really like there's all these implements that he has like he doesn't have to just depend on this one thing um but then of course when we get to the end and just see how everything sort of like (laughs) 
comes to fruition it's like this game of uh like dominoes or whatever, just like how everything lines up which i mean like because yeah. the, the the window great or you know the the bars did kind of come back into play because he put it in that uh the pit which is how mm-hmm. the the grabber like i don't know if he broke his foot or like got it uh trapped in there but i was just like okay i like that because i didn't see that coming um mm-hmm. so it worked for me but at the same time it's almost like okay you're getting all this like supernatural help to just like give you these messages and without really like thinking you're just like setting things up and it's all working out in your favor like the it's almost like these these dead kids have this this yeah. foresight to know what you have to do to to get out of it so it that in, in a way also kind of undermines Finney's uh, abilities but I still like that he was able to do things like you know he he got that the meat like the steak at the end and mm. used it to distract the dog like there were certain things like that that I'm like okay I like that and I and you know I'm just seeing his his uh struggle and you know how he he did use certain things to his advantage that he didn't necessarily know about one thing i did want to point out too (laughs) which i thought was funny because when we talked about valentine uh way back in our second episode how marley shelton's character getting out of the shower and all the water not working in the apartment and you know (laughs) after trying to find like a bottle of, of water in the fridge and nothing uh, yeah. reasons to open the toilet seat and dunk her head in in nasty toilet water rather than mm-hmm. taking the top off of the tank and using it there mm-hmm. but we see Finn who's so resourceful he he's he knows like okay I can I I I need to hydrate myself I'm going to take the top yes. off the tank and drink that water cuz that's clean yeah. water at least and just like yeah. the whole thing of just taking the dirt and putting it in the in the toilet bowl to like making sure that like nothing seems off when the guy does come back down there that was all really mm. smart like th- those are all qualities that i want to see in a final person so i mm. you know i i for me personally while i do enjoy following gwen's story to me this is finn's movie and i'm with finn the entire time because it, you know when it, it when it came down to it gwen's i mean she definitely like led the police to the right vicinity, but she didn't actually <laughs> no. lead them to yeah. to Finn. Finn did it no. on his own with some supernatural help. So that's why for me, this, <laughs> it's, this is his story. Yeah, um, I, I. it's not that I'm anti-Finny. I'm anti the way his whole storyline was handled. You said something earlier about how you never really be- felt or believed that he was in danger. Yeah. And for me... Yeah. This is this is like kind of like the overarching problem that I have with the threat or the absence of a threat. It's like I felt like Scott Derrickson wanted to take certain elements of this story and wanted to use them. Things that are very, very uh, upsetting and things that are very, very, you know, like live in the shadows. We, we don't like to talk about them kind of thing. But I also felt him afraid. And, and I don't know what the solution is. I think it's just a defter hand that knows how to handle it. Because I, I agree with you to a point about the grabber not being a threat to Finney. Because days are going by and the grabber never really once tries aggressively mm-hmm. to do anything. He just kind of stands there and says gross things. And... um and alludes to like what his intentions are and everything like that in lines that I will not repeat. <laughs> and, um, 
and it's gross. But the thing is, there, I, 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 I'm right there with you. Just thinking, like, but Finney's going to be fine. Like Finney is full on, like going day after day after day after day, like being we, being weary of like the food that he's being served and faking being asleep and doing it unsuccessfully, and then digging holes and being able to conceal them, you know, and and even like breaking that grate off of the window successfully. I mean, it wasn't successful because he wanted to get out the window, but, you know, he still got something that he could use. And it, I just kept seeing him inching his way toward winning and toward, like, maybe devising a plan eventually, even if step by step he didn't succeed at everything he was doing. And I just thought, okay, in real life, this horrible things would have happened to this kid by now. Mm-hmm. Un- unspeakable things that I'm not going to speak of. And it really, and I don't need to see those things because I don't find those things palatable either. I don't want to see that movie, but I just wish it could have, um, again, again, the deft hand of a filmmaker who knows how to really let that threat exist yeah. and not just get talked about. And also uh, who can make, Make it such an extremely terrorizing situation for the kid that I need the black phone to exist. I, I it seemed more like an interesting idea. I yeah. wonder how it reads in the short story, him talking to the ghost and everything like that. But it just felt convenient. And again, I agree. Felt like a way, yeah, and just same felt thing like but different. To, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but again, just felt like a way to kind of like tell a story of a child being abducted by yeah. uh, uh, an adult predator who. We don't want to tell that story though, so let's find a way the black, to get him out of it. The black it felt too consistent. Or not, not consistent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the black phone itself was very convenient. That's Deus ex machina in a, in a way because yeah. it's just like without that, it's just like you know he doesn't succeed. Um, and there was all this, this other shit that you know with the grabber where it's just like he apparently can hear it, or they're saying he can hear it, but he chooses to believe that it doesn't exist. Like they're trying to like kind of put little like flex of just sort of things about this character, which it just, not, mm-hmm. it doesn't come to fruition. None of it ever makes any sense or builds this story behind him or this backstory. And I think that in the, the way in which they kind of completely neuter the, the grabber is when one of the kids, I, I forget which one it's, uh, it was, but they say, He's not doing anything because he's, you won't play his game. He won't kill you because mm. you won't play his game. So it's almost like he's a very passive, uh, <laughs> villain because he's just, he's, he's just waiting upstairs. He's not doing anything. He's waiting upstairs for Finn to like go upstairs so he can do what he needs to do. So it's like no. Finn can just survive the movie by biding his time because, you know, eventually, yeah. you know, maybe they do. Like the police do close in on that address and who knows what happens, but then they kind of, you know, they look into who owns the house. And then, I mean, mm. the fact that they even went there without a warrant, like their continuity and all that, like we won't even get into. But, you know, it, mm. it just seemed like eventually if he had just bided his time, he who knows, like the strength of that window. Like he said that the, the room was um, soundproofed. So that might be right. like really thick glass. Who, who knows? But I mean, even after he got the grate off, he could have like thrown bottles through the window if if, if they would shatter that and then like, you know, have sure. that ability to, to scream out. Uh, but I will say, because <laughs> we talked about Sinister and just how 
it seemed like all this noise and shit was going on in that house night after yeah. night and the family yeah. just slept through everything and i at least that is addressed in this movie when he says Oh, don't, you know, you can scream all you want, but I've soundproofed this room. So he won't hear you. Yeah. yeah. Um, which even then I feel like, well, you've already, you've already broken through the wall behind the freezer. So there's going to be like the foundation of this house has been cracked. There's got to be some noise, but they kind of, again, yeah. that's another thing. They're like, well, my brother's an idiot, but you know, mm-hmm. and again, that's why I should have gone back to like the brother lived across the street, you know, like the, why, yeah. you know, if you're, if yeah. you're planning to, to, pull like a successful bait and switch you know do things that way because i think like by the time that we do hear the dog barking and then james ransone being like what's going on he's just like nothing max go back to bed it's just like oh okay so he was underneath the the house and and there's this bit when he's sitting like right before he does go downstairs and finds finn and he's like looking at the map after doing like his you know, 17th million rail. And he's like looking at it deep into the map. And then it's, he's like, he figured it out. He cracked the code. He knows that the grabber must be downstairs because of reasons, which we never find out. Right. And that's no, almost like a punchline because he's like, he's like, you need to call the police. And he's like, well, don't you want first, don't you want to hear about how I figured out that you were down here? And, and then that's when like, <laughs> right. so right, right, it, right. it's like, why, why, waste time with shit like that when you know you could be yeah. doing all this other stuff so i don't know it was yeah I, I i feel like we're we're being negative like we're like maybe uh, what <laughs> <laughs> well I, I yeah i have a lot of negative things to say about this movie sorry <laughs> well do you have any positive things to say um uh, well i have one big negative thing i have to address but um let me see well, get, no, 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 let's mean, get the get the negative out and then we'll okay 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 well because we were also alluding to like how the like what this movie is kind of like borrowed from silence of the lambs and there was one thing that i felt like it borrowed and even doubled down on for the worse uh from silence of the lambs i remember uh uh i, I wasn't uh really a party to the conversation when Silence of the Lambs got released in 90, it was 91, right? Yeah. Or yeah. In 91, I was 11 years old. So I wasn't, you know, having big conversations about Silence of the Lambs then, but I, in retrospect, I remember hearing about like a lot of the controversy surrounding uh, Ted Levine's portrayal of Buffalo Bill. People misinterpreted it to misinterpreted the character thinking he was a gay male who was craving a sex change when if he were gay, he would be killing men and not women. And um, Ted Levine publicly apologized and, you know, prostrated himself before the public, you know, for getting it so wrong, which I never thought he should do because I felt like he got it so right and it's their fault because they misinterpreted it. But anyway, and Jonathan Demme too publicly apologized for, you know, a negative portrayal because there was so little representation at the time too. The reason I'm bringing this up is because I'm watching this movie and I'm watching Ethan Hawke uh, walk in with that tray over and over again, you know, or whatever. And he's, I felt like to say he was mincing is to exaggerate, but not that much. <laughs> and there was something kind of pronounced about his delivery that made me think, oh, effeminate man being portrayed on screen as a predator, being portrayed as creepy, being portray- portrayed as malicious. And it really bothered me because um, I kind of felt like 
it's now more than 20 years <laughs> since The Silence of the Lambs, and we haven't 30, moved past 30. this. Past, oh, 30. I can't do math. I can't do math. <laughs> okay. It's about more than 30 years, even more so now. Mm-hmm. And we haven't moved past this. And the thing is, everything that people accused Jonathan Demme and Ted Levine of doing in Silence of the Lambs, which I never agreed with, and I still don't when I watch the movie. I don't feel it. Um, that's just me. With this movie, I felt it. I felt like, uh, did we have to make this choice? Did we have to? I understand not everything has to be representation or anything like that. But um, it just kind of felt unmindful to have uh, an actor who identifies as heterosexual playing uh, a child predator who kidnaps only boys and to give him an affectation that made him somewhat... You know, like maybe Bugs Bunny level effeminate, shall we say? <laughs> and, um, mm. and it just—it it was one more thing that just like stuck in my craw that I couldn't like get over because it—it it felt like maybe what they, if they paid more attention to the threat, that you know, the way we've been discussing it, because uh, I—it just bothered me. It made me think like, does Scott Derrickson think he has created a threat by putting a man like that on screen? who's saying the lines he's saying uh, uh, to a child he's abducted. Like it felt like kind of cheap and kind of half-assed. Um, that was one component I wanted to address. Mm-hmm. It, it just, it just bothered me. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a big part of why I wouldn't like to return to this movie. Cause I don't need that in my life. You know, yeah. does that make sense? Um, okay. I, uh, again, like I just, <laughs> I, it's such a non-character to me that I didn't even really pick up mm. on certain, like I didn't interpret it in, in those, those ways. I just saw yeah. like, you know, more so just like, here's the grabber. And, you know, we have Ethan Hawke playing him. And I, it was funny. Cause like Ethan Hawke is credited la or he's like credited as like, and Ethan Hawke. So, I mean, that right, right. Uh, should already tell you like, his, his role is, is more so just kind of like ceremonious in this movie. Um, yeah. but he, he is in it so little that it just kind of like, he shows up, he does his thing. He puts like a little flair on it. Um, that's what I saw it as. I wasn't reading into mm-hmm. it in, in the same way that you were. Um, okay. I, I was more so, uh, in, in the way, and I thought again, like, you know, bringing it back to, uh, Mason Thames, uh, cause he, mm-hmm. there's this one of the scenes between him, one of the few scenes where, where Ethan Hawke comes down and he says this because I think he, it's when he wakes up and he's sitting in the corner in the dark, uh, watching him and he's, and he's just like, what are you doing? He's like, Oh, I'm just watching you. And then he leaves and then it's just like, he's kind of like very stoic in this moment. But then as soon as like the door closes and he's in there alone again, he sort of like, he, he like winces and draws. He's just like, you know, then taking it in. It's just like, Oh, you know, like that's, that's way too unsettling. So I think that mm-hmm. like I, Ethan Hawke does a successful job in being an unsettling villain, but he's never scary. Sure. He's never menacing. He's never violent even when he is violent i you know i never feel like you're like it's the the with as much ease as he's taken out by this 10 year old 12 year however old he is kid uh i was just kind of like that's it 13 13 like that's 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 all it took like it was just like okay 
Um, I almost well, would have so preferred he, if he had he taken the toilet tank and just beat him over the head with it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but also, how did he? How did he abduct all those other boys and like kill them successfully? And then take. I mean, I guess that's the whole idea of it. Yeah. Again, is that you know, like potentially, like on the surface of it, the one who you would assume is the weakest or the most passive yeah. of all of the boys that he's abducted is the one who gets built up, you know, by all the ones who have come before. But I, I don't. That's another story where I'm just kind of yeah. like, really? Like, I mean, like, like his sister's the one with the superpowers, and she doesn't even well, get to really. No, but do I mean, anything. like, they both they both have powers because his power is that he hears the phone as well. So it's just they've inherited this from their mother, and you know, right. her her gift might be a little stronger, but he still has it as well. And that's you know, in in the way oh. that because it's just like no, none of the other because even the kids say to it on the uh, when they're talking on the phone because he says, "Did you hear the phone too?" And they're like, "The phone rang when we were here, but we didn't." we didn't hear it like you did. And that's when they said like, he hears it as well, but he wants to believe that it's not there. So it's, that's what I got out of it is it was set up that they both have this gift. She's a little more tuned into her, to hers than he is, but that's sort of like where he's, you know, coming in and just like, you know, it's recognizing, okay, maybe I'm not, you know, this, this tough guy who's who's you know gonna defend myself against Mm -hmm. these bullies you know even though uh bruce says at the beginning it's just like you've got a good arm or you know whatever (laughs) which is like that the good arm is what he's gonna use to like tug on that telephone wire and and choke (laughs) out uh ethan hawkins but it was it was more just like you know as much as i say like he did have a lot of help from these kids he was Mm -hmm. able to you know tune into his gift in order to allow that for to happen for him I'm really glad I'm talking about this movie with you right now then because I, I to be honest, I don't do this in movies often and I almost fell asleep twice uh, and I don't remember <laughs> when it happened. But yeah. while it was going and while I was like kind of, you know, go, dozing and going, blah, 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 wake up, um, I didn't fall asleep, but I could feel myself dozing. Th- that it must have been at the point where that you're talking about right now where he's on the phone and he finds out that he can hear it in a way that they couldn't because I don't remember that at all. And that actually yeah. explains that they're like a Luke and Leia of their neighborhood, oh, you know, Christ. with the force <laughs> and everything like that. I well, mean, I'd like I to thank you for showing it. up to this uh, podcast uh, finally. <laughs> but. Um... <laughs> No, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, I mean, because I didn't even think, I just thought it was just like a thing. And I thought like all of them could hear it because they were all in the same predicament. And I just thought it was like this, you know, moody, you know, movie device thing that was kind of like yeah. sloppily handled. And even though it was, it's not as sloppily handled as I th- as I was thinking. Now, I mean, you you attributing his ability to hear through the phone to his, you know, direct bloodline to his mother and her mm-hmm. gifts. Um, that, that, that's okay. That's interesting. That's, that's, that's more, it makes it all feel a little less scattered, yeah. but I did not. I still think, I still think that it's incredibly my... scattered, but I, you know, that's right. the reason that you didn't pick up on that is because they weren't honing in on that. That's what they should have been focusing yeah. on. And they didn't. And, you know, and they should have been focusing on making the grabber more of a threat. What do you, I don't know if you've heard about this, but there's already buzz about a sequel. Jesus. Um. You don't like the sound? Because I think that, like, hear me out. If they are going to make a sequel, this is where you can then make something, a successful movie that's probably even better than this one by taking these characters Mm -hmm. who you've already established. Because I feel like, you know, what... Where this movie is successful is kind of the ways um, that it is kind of um, 
being evocative of like Stephen King, of this world building with the, with these children and everything. And now that you've kind of established that, you know, they have this gift, they have this shine, uh, we'll sure. just call it the shine, <laughs> of just kind of going I forward. Mean, and like now here we are and you have these kids and they can do what I wanted them to do in this movie, which was like, you know, be that like Stranger mm, Things uh, kid sure. team of just of, – of, Yeah. Right. Just – solving these these murders and everything and you know what even if like you want to continue working with ethan hawk like i don't want to see the grabber come back i don't need to see a return of his character mm. but have ethan hawk come back and play another villain you know we didn't even really see his face in this, so it's, <laughs> it's and and we didn't really hear his like his natural voice so you could you could have ethan hawk come back and play someone else and that could just be a series of these movies where just like every time it's like ethan hawk playing a new uh, heavy and these kids like we're gonna take him down and <laughs> I want to see that because I like I said I, the the movie was successful in in the, these characters that was the strength of the movie and if you're gonna make a like don't I mean obviously don't call it the black phone too like just be done with the black no. phone but like you know find some other um connective tissue and like just do- like like Doctor know, Sleep is to the just, Shining exactly like, yeah, just, a and just, sequel without being a sequel in the name yeah, yeah and just you know continue on with these characters because I think that you know like incredible actors uh these two yeah, and just to, to yeah. and incredible characters and and performed and written and directed you know as much as you know we have other criticisms for you know Scott Derrickson in this like that is where he succeeded and if they are doing the sequel. And who knows, maybe that's just Jason Blum because, you know, the the second, you know, he earns like a little bit more money than he expected on a movie, he just kind of like goes um, crazy. And it's just like, yeah. we're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep making these movies. Um, so hopefully someone in that room has enough sense to be like, calm down. We're going to make another movie. <laughs> but like have someone smart come in and be like, this is what worked. This is what didn't. And, you know, like just yeah. certain certain aspects. So I don't know who that would be because I don't know. I mean, I definitely because we talked about this during the uh, the uh, Sinister podcast of just Jason Blum for the marketing of that movie being like, no, we got to show this jump scare in the in the trailer uh, because it's going to work. Yeah. It's going to get. It's going to get butts in seats. And Scott Derrickson was just yeah. like, well, I don't want to like, that's such a big moment for the movie. I don't want to reveal it in the trailer. And Jason Blum's reasoning was that, well, don't worry about it because most of the time or just like, you know, throughout a percentage, people usually forget what they see in the trailer when they're watching the movie. And it's just like, is that why you revealed the like Michael Myers closet scene in Halloween 2018, which yeah, everybody right. saw coming? Like, don't. Like, nobody should listen to Jason Blum. Like, clearly he's a successful uh, producer, and, you know, I, I would yeah, never take that away from him. In, no, but sometimes in spite of his decisions, he's yeah. successful, yes. I, it's I it, true. <laughs> I mean, because if you look at Blumhouse, I'd say that, like, probably like 10% or less of, of their movies yeah. are actually good. And I'd say, well, personally, I'd say yeah. that this one falls on the good end. Like, you know that, like, every Blumhouse movie that comes out now for the next three years is going to say from the people who brought you the black phone <laughs> because this movie made money. So he's going to capitalize yeah. on the success of this movie. So it's, mm. you know, he, he he did well in that regard. But, you know, when you compare that to your freakies and your uh, fire starters and, and, you know, all that stuff, it's just like, you know, okay, are you really that successful or you're, you're making good decisions? <laughs> Oh, 
Well, we'll talk more about Freaky if we ever do that pod. But um, <laughs> no, but in terms of uh, it did it did like scroll across my mind as I was like making my way down the steps after the yeah. lights came up because I you know I sit through end credits. I, it's what I do. And um, there was no post credit like, okay, scene. No, 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 there yeah. was not. I'm but cool. as I was making my way down, I was just. Um, I don't just do it for that. I do it to kind of digest what I, what I just watched, for better or worse. Yeah. To just kind of like, I like hearing the music. I like seeing how many people worked on it. I like paying you know, homage to that. But um, it occurred to me, I was just kind of like, okay, like the two of the heaviest hitters, and the, certainly the ones that I've been seeing their movies, you know, their horror movies that they've been releasing the, thus far this year, have been uh, uh, Blumhouse and A24. Mm-hmm. If I had to put my money on... The next movie I saw, like, let's say two movies from e- one movie from each production company uh, were released in the same weekend. Which one would I prioritize? And I and for me, even though I, it's not like every time I see an A24 movie, I think it's perfection. I do have to say the issues I take with it tend to be more minor. And uh, the Blumhouse, it's more like a gamble. It is like rolling dice. It is kind of like, oh, that was great. I'm really, really glad I saw that. Or... What the fuck were they thinking? God damn it, Jason Blum, you know, or somewhere yeah. in between, <laughs> you know, like a grayer area. But I don't think I've had that with A24 yet. Well, the, okay, here, one, the next A24 yeah. movie that comes out, as far as I know, is Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Uh, I don't know oh. if you saw a trailer for that. It's I did. Got, I did. Uh, it, it looks like it's like a whodunit. Uh, like, it looks really fun. Mm. It's got uh, Pete uh, D- Davidson yeah. uh, in it. Um and then the next Blumhouse, I think, is Halloween Ends. And, I mean, oh. we'll, we're going to be doing the the, uh, the the three Blumhouse Halloween movies uh, coming up here, with, with ending with Halloween Ends. Uh, so so we'll, we'll get into that here. But, I mean, like, uh, right Ooh. now, I, I'm, I'm more uh, interested to see Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I want to see some uh, brand new... <laughs> IP, so I, I would be on board for for A24. And I agree with what you say. Like A24 is very it's there's it's they're weird movies. Like you know, sometimes they, yeah. they do things that work, sometimes they do things that don't work, but I mean like it always has its fans. Whereas right. I feel like Blumhouse, huh. if it's not perfection or near perfection, yeah. uh it's it's trash <laughs> say. like it's yeah if, just wrath of the internet if it's not if it's not like it, yeah. a, a you know a seven out of ten or higher it's it's like a, a one or a two and uh that that's what i've <laughs> noticed like i haven't heard anything good about firestarter i didn't see it uh yet i i, 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 I will see it uh, at some point i will I'm, too i mean i'm not like a huge fan of like remakes in <laughs> You know, 2022 no. at this point. I thought, and we I were... liked the original when I was a kid. I liked oh, the really? Drew Barrymore movie. I mean, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it since I was a kid, but mm-hmm. I thought, you know, it was like it was like if Carrie could like make things set on fire just spontaneously, except it's a little girl. And, and even though there was tons of anguish, and I feel like all Drew Barrymore did was cry in that movie. <laughs> I still there was something interesting about it. There was I love the, the like oh, if we ever do a pod, we'll talk about that one. But <laughs> but as far as the A twenty four like Blumhouse thing, yeah, A twenty four. I think I think it's also just the chances they take, or that they allow their filmmakers to take. pay off more often for me than the chances Blumhouse allows their filmmakers to take. I also don't know how much space Blumhouse grants their filmmakers. I feel like it depends. Mm -hmm. I feel like some directors get 
much more freedom than others. And I feel like, you know, watching black Christmas, 2019. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, that. I could say something, but I don't, I don't know like I, uh, how, how well it would go over, but I mean, like I miss dimension films. I'm not, I, I don't care for the people behind it, but I mean, I, and you know, especially, you know, outside of other aspects of, of, you know, what that turned out to be, but even just like what we've learned about, you know, in production things like, you know, especially with cursed and just like how, like the abuse of just the, the power of, you know, the, the, the filmmakers themselves are just, of just being the, yes. the, the producers and, and how they would take advantage and, and gaslight, uh, of course, the, the, of the creative, uh, people behind those movies. But I mean, I still, I look at dimension and just like, I, I mean, there was a lot of stinkers in there for sure. But for them, it gave us Scream. Mm. It gave us this, this, the, mm. the first four Scream movies, uh, The Faculty, mm-hmm. all these other things. So I, I feel like even with those movies, like if they weren't always successful, they had a very consistent flavor to them. Whereas I feel like Blumhouse mm. is all over the place. You can never – it's never the same – thing no. you know not even in in, in terms of like quality great. but like tone <laughs> it's just like everything's yeah, all, yeah, over, yeah, yeah. all over the place whereas i feel like at least and that H- should be i was just gonna say at least a24 is like yeah. they're consistent i feel like they're starting to like take a little like more mainstream risks yes. which i like yes. because that's that's yes, if anything that's just going to put them more on the map and be more in contention with with blumhouse but uh no go ahead with what you i interrupted you sorry no, no, it's okay. I still get a sense that, like, again, uh, the films made through A24 Studio are made by film makers, not by committee. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you're going to, if you, even if you don't like it, you know, you're getting, or you feel like you're getting something that is a cohesive vision out of a collaborative, you know, uh, 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 project that, that is worked on by people who love film and who think about, what it is like to be an audience member carried through this world that they've developed for you. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing for me with black phone is uh, I, I already said it a little bit in the beginning, but I think ultimately there are things and we'll get into it. Cause I do want to say some positive things. I don't have a lot, but I have a few <laughs> um, and I've already said some, um, but I, uh, 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 I, I, I remember again, like it just felt like a series of ideas where I'm like, oh, I see where you, where that's okay. I I get where you're going, and like, ooh, I like this kit, you know, or whatever. And then uh, it, it just kept jumping around. It, it there was no, there, I didn't. It didn't feel like a uniform story, and it also didn't even feel like uh, 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 an adeptly handled uh, story that has turns and twists and things like that. I, I will take either of those, and I'll take anything in between. Mm-hmm. I love things that crush genre or subgenre or that subvert my expectations or that even try my patience. There are there's such a thing as like sitting in an in an audience watching something that is so subjective. You have a completely different experience than the person sitting next to you and the person sitting next to them. You could all feel like you're seeing three different things go on, and I adore that. Um, I feel like I got it. I feel like while I was moving through this movie, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I see what you're going for. I, 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 I get it. I get it. Um, that said, one one ambiguous thing that I thought worked to the film's benefit or maybe even just to the end of the film, uh, to the benefit of the, the, the ending, was um, the contrite, uh, uh, apologetic 
teary-eyed father appearing on the scene Mm -hmm. and falling, literally falling to his knees before his children and showing like uh, kind of unbridled concern for their well-being for the first time that I kind of believed and apologizing for all that he's done, you know, doing everything that you, I guess you would want to hear. And I just loved the children's kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The kind of ambivalence. Like they just seemed to kind of take it in. They did. There was a lot of apathy for, for his, his (laughs) emotions at that point. It's just like, well, yes. you know, like we don't give a shit about how you're feeling right now because it, you know exactly. it was, we weren't like we weren't watch we we hadn't just watched a like a ninety minute movie of like the concerned parent at home and just like I like we hardly even yeah. really checked in on him during any of the the time that Finn was abducted, um, right? And, and if we did, it was just sort of like you know like very much like in in the periphery of of the movie. So mm. yeah, definitely what I felt is just like. It, what I was reading from from them in that moment is just like, so what? Like we still don't like you haven't redeemed yourself. You're like yeah. you're still a piece of shit. And I, I was almost <laughs> hoping that like at w- someone was gonna come in and just be like, "Is this your father?" And they'd be like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Sir, yes. we're we're taking your kids uh, into <laughs> you know like yeah. protective the, like the- <laughs> custody or something." And just you know they told us about how you treated them or you know things like that. Yeah. Of course this. And this is no excuse because this this movie does take place in 1978, so th- these yeah. are different times. But it, you know, it doesn't change the 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 gravity of of you know the the child abuse that was going on in that home. If they do make a sequel, <laughs> and what I hope they don't, or uh, just like uh, what I just thought of is um, Nightmare on Elm Street four to five with Alice's father. <laughs> I was just gonna say <laughs> being being the abusive alcoholic in in Dream Master and then and then you know having sobered up and and being yeah, this like doting child. father in in the Dream Child for for like the the, the yeah. two minutes of screen time he has in that I don't remember much about the Nightmare than. movies but I remember that okay I yeah. mean <laughs> we can get into that when we discuss the Nightmare movies but um, mm-hmm. I I don't need I actually don't need that because I feel like the abuse. Uh, what what he does actually kind of like you know doubles down and you know <laughs> completely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't need a, a redemption arc for that character. I don't mind if if we do follow the two kids in a sequel. We get to see them older and get to see them stronger and everything like that. Because yeah. now, obviously, Finney has you know confronted darkness in theory and <laughs> has overcome and fa- you know realized he is a tough kid. He can fight back. He can stand up for himself and. Gwen has found empowerment in the world of adults when she told those cops, you know, like whatever, whatever expletives she used and like told them to go fuck themselves. That would have been the line if I would have written it down, but I was, you know, I was in theater and I wasn't taking notes. Um, but, um, that, I, that would have been my line at the top of this episode. At the opening, but yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, and I couldn't find it anywhere and there's no clips cause it's in the theater. It just opened. But anyway, yeah. um, what I have to say is uh, if they can both kind of like move into their power to the point where I don't need them to even really have a relationship beyond just kind of like a functioning daily courtesy relationship with their father. Just like, thanks for my yeah. lunch, dad. Just move my, I don't How need to about... see reconciliation. Yeah. I don't, cause that's, that would spoil the ending. Yeah. That we got he doesn't deserve, he doesn't deserve a redemption arc as, as, as far exactly. as I'm concerned. But how about this for a sequel? They, 
both are sent off to summer camp, you know, for, for the season. And whatever happens is like there, you know, like there's, there's, there's Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> sure. <laughs> the timeline might, like 1980. You know? Oh my God. You know what? I would actually be really, really excited about that. Cause one of my, one of my favored uh, Friday the 13th movies is uh, seven with uh, Tina. Yeah. And I just love watching her, yeah. you know, again. I was so even thinking of like, like oh. the Adams family too, where they send uh, Wendy ah! and Pugsley off to summer camp. <laughs> but just like just oh as like God. a way just as like a way to just like remove him from the story even if he because jeremy davies uh who plays him like yeah. he's, a, he's a great actor and you know we, we've like seen him, him in yeah. everything he's a terrific character actor um so i'm just not saying that he needs to be like out of the movie entirely but if he's just kind of like you know we see him like saying like sending them off to, to summer camp or whatever and then just like Good. We know that they're safe, at least from him. Yeah. You know, like during the all, all I need from him is like passivity yeah. and like compliance. Like if he, because that's another thing. I did think as I was leaving the movie, I was just like, on on one hand, there was a part of me that wanted them to turn to the cops and be like, take this man away. <laughs> look at my look at my back. He did that. Take him away. Um, but then I thought realistically, if if they did that times being what they were and i think this still happens now um chances are they're going to be separated and go into foster care yeah. and you know and they might lose each other like in the system and granted that you know it's that, it's, it's like that was another years. thing that like uh did occur to me during this because it's just like sort of like finn's passivity uh as as you mm-hmm. call it of just like watching everything it's almost like it's better to not intervene because mm. he's just trying to like you know thinking about the best scenario for the two of them and yeah. you know that's what what i was kind of reading it as so i didn't i didn't think that like, it was like, like him yeah, yeah. i mean obviously there was the portion of like you need to stand up for yourself and, and all that so sure you know i feel like in that way like that arc of just like the the abusive father was never really resolved unless they were trying to you know make us feel sorry for him which i i didn't because i you know I, yeah. like i said even they didn't give a shit about his feelings at the end there was almost just like uh, go get out of here, you slug. But another thing I loved about it is like when you're in uh, abusive situations or even in just abu- abusive situations with people who are addicts who are destructive, um, there is usually if you get caught in uh, 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 a pattern with a person like that. Um, the act of contrition usually follows something, you know, like really, really heinous and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. And this is how people get ensnared and things like that because, oh, well, they feel bad and I don't want to be a terrible person and judge them and think that, you know, like, 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 uh, push them away because they need me. They need me to understand that they didn't mean it and all of that kind of thing. So I like the fact that like they didn't just go screw you old man and kick him in the face. I love that they just kind of stood there like just kind of like, all right, whatever. Or, you know, if if, if the sequel if they, if they aren't, kind of you know, thing. sent off to summer camp, maybe they're sent off to live with an aunt or uncle, you know, like, and that's like, that's, that's cool. That's the moving on from that character is like, he realized that he wasn't fit to be a parent. And then, you know, they, he just relinquished guardianship to, to someone more. That might be a suitable. tall order though. I'd prefer to just see him passive and just like, go, go to summer just, camp. Uh, you know, <laughs> just be in the background. Just be in the yeah. background. Get your paycheck and, <laughs> and go to summer camp or just go to your lives. Like, you know, yeah. like let them be 
I don't know what age the kids are really, but if they can play like eighteen or you know like old yeah. age age enough, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to wait own, too long take for that. for a continuation of of these characters. Like I'd at least kids and go, yeah, but, knowing well, it's knowing Blumhouse too. Like you know, yeah. he's gonna <laughs> strike it while the iron's hot. <laughs> you know, be like but it's 2023. Already... <laughs> But the movie is already like released like a year or so like later than it was. It's true, to yeah. They're already fast, so, yeah, they're already yeah. much older. Um, yeah, but still, so that'd know, be cool. We'll, we'll, I, I, I I might give it a chance. I want to see a trailer. I want to know what is the premise this time, and is it going to? Are be you like going a to watch? Because kind of you the entire episode you were saying that you you would never watch this again. But then when I filled you in on what you had missed during your your little snooze. Uh, <laughs> No, you, that's you why I'm okay. glad I had. Yeah. That's why I'm glad I had this conversation with you because now I don't have to. Um, no, I really, I really, <laughs> I, I, I've said some positive things or some things that affected me positively. I really don't think I have much more than that. I like um, uh, 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 what's his name, the 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 Latino kid who teaches him to stand up for himself. Robin. Uh, Robin. Uh, I like I like Ariana. Robin a lot. Played by Miguel Casares Mora, and. Um, yeah, and I and I love uh, Gwen. And um, is there anything? And else her little like poncho too. <laughs> um, I was thinking, like, if like we're ever to like theme our uh, outfits for like the video podcast, I was just like, damn, I wish I had a, a poncho because I would have worn that right now. <laughs> I used to. I don't think it would fit me anymore. I had one like when I was about these kids' age. Yeah. So yeah, but um, it's turquoise and gray. It was really pretty. Oh, wow. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Aside from that, anything else about the movie? Because I, yeah, I, I can only like kind of like go in harder. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Like, I feel so that, that kind of, uh, yeah. we've pretty much covered everything that we could cover yeah. about. That. I mean, it just because we, it's a new release, we only saw it once. So, you know, other movies that we we typically talk about in episodes, we've seen many, many times yeah. and have you know, yeah, we have a history and, with and it, have yeah. kind of gone over and, and found new things. So. So who knows? Maybe in the future w- there will be more to say about this if there is a sequel ever, and, and we get to talk about that. But uh, right. no, I, I, um, yeah, I, I, I stand by what I say. I think that it was a good movie. It wasn't. Uh, okay. I, I think it's. It. I don't want to say it's overrated or or being overrated because I think that all of the 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 qualities that you know I find in it that that do make it good are worthy of that critical praise. So uh, mm. again, it's just like the just just the mistakes that he made. It's just just going mm. back to to the the transition between. And I never he did he also did Doctor Strange the the first one which I've never seen but uh, just mm-hmm. just in terms of like what was done better from Sinister and what was done worse. It was, it was almost like he just swapped them out. So I, I think that there's definitely like, there's, there's a better movie that could have been made out of this, but uh, for what we got, it was, it was fine. (laughs) It's fine. And I, and I would rather sit through Sinister again than this movie actually. Like, I mean, just in terms of mood and what he is able to kind of like evoke, like there were things that I guess worked for me that wet my appetite more as a moviegoer than than this movie. But I know there are a lot of people like giving already like very positive reviews for it. So it's working for some people. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, it's got a, uh, let me just, uh, quickly look on the IMDB and rotten tomatoes, uh, 7.4. Uh, on, yeah, I know. Uh, it's pretty high. IMDb. And I think Sinister is a 6.4. I don't know. I'll look in a second here. But Give on, it time. Uh, 
<laughs> on Rotten. Well, it's already had 10 years. Come on. Uh, on no, I mean this movie. I mean this movie. Oh, fair enough. Um, <laughs> I don't think it'll stay there. I don't think it, the rating will stay there. Go well, on. Well, it's got 85% uh, of a tomato meter and 90% for an audience score. And I know people like, you know, hate Rotten Tomatoes and and uh, and all that. But uh, I, I'd say that that's... I agree more with the IMDb score in this case. Um, mm. I could even go a little lower if, you know, if I was to assign mm. this an arbitrary number, I mean, maybe like a, like a 70% uh, or, okay. or 71 if I'm being generous, but, uh, but yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'll see it again uh, at some point, I'm sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I let's, let's get to the cherry picker. All right, first order of business. Uh, we got to pick a cherry on top. I, I, uh, my, my vote would go for Gwen, but if you, I know, like but I'm, I'm, I'm still gonna say Finn, uh, and you know, for the reasons I said, which you, I turned you around on him just because, uh, you know, he does have the, the gift as well, and you know, he's, it's his story. We're seeing him, kind of, uh, defeat the, uh-huh. the, the evil. All right. I don't care enough to fight, so I'll All right, just, good. Uh... <laughs> Finn. Finn is our cherry on top for the black phone. <sighs> now for the cherry picker from last week, where we asked you who deserves to die the most. And I know what you did last summer. That's my my you voice. <laughs> That's your impression of me. I picked <laughs> Ray Bronson. I I nominated Bray, yeah. Ray Ray Bronson. You blah blah, blah blah blah. That basically is what he is. <laughs> uh, versus your nomination for Julie James. Uh huh. Across Patreon, Instagram, and YouTube, we've got a total of three hundred and forty-five votes for Ray versus wow. two hundred and fifty-five. For Julie. Oh, wow. I really, and I really wanted you to win this one, actually. <laughs> uh, because every, I agree with everything you say. And like, even that, the the bit that you brought up at the end with her and uh, Anne Heche, when she's just like taking pity on her, just like, I'm here uh-huh. for the people and you are the people. <laughs> I was listening yeah, yeah, back yeah, to yeah. it and I was just like cracking up because, <laughs> because you're so right. She's such a bitch. <laughs> She is, but okay. okay. What did what? Did, well, what did I just I did say? want to point out though that even though Ray got the majority, uh, which is yeah. mostly based on the YouTube uh, poll, wow. uh, Patreon and Instagram, uh, the the vote went towards Julie because that was eleven oh, okay. versus seventeen uh, on Patreon and fifty versus seventy four on mm-hmm. Instagram for for Julie. So. You've, you've cool. got some. Thanks, you've guys. got some support uh, in in places like the inst- the Instagram one. Always throws me for a loop because that's never. Uh, <laughs> it, it almost feels like it's the opposite of whatever it's going to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah there's there's some defiant voters on, <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> but wow. uh, yeah, let's see what uh, what are the people saying about uh, these two. <laughs> Space Mountain TV says, this is a very hard one, but I think I got to go with Eddie solely because of that 
What are you waiting for? Spin. I don't care if a kid won a contest. LOL. <laughs> uh, Alan Payne says Helen deserved better. Um, which I, I assume mm. that means that she deserved to be the the uh, final girl, which I, I agree with. I agree as well. Richard Kirby says, Julie, horrible final girl. Helen should have been mm. the final girl. We get so much more character development and empathy from her. Mm. Blue Box 87 says, OMG, can I pick both? <laughs> we all know Helen is the... So much Helen support here. We all Helen know Helen love. is the only one that deserved to live, but I choose Ray. Dull, no personality, bad friend, bad boyfriend, bad acting. <laughs> Desiree Perez says, hard one to choose because Julie was such a horrible friend slash person to Helen. Like the scene in the car and she was telling her she missed yes. her and they used to be best friends. And Julie tells her, whatever helps you sleep at night. Like, what? Bitch, LMAO, and Ray literally doesn't do anything. He's just worried about himself and seems like he doesn't care at all. So I'm so sorry, Zach. I'm going to go with Eddie. Oh, good. Because he does something. He saves fucking Julie at the end. <laughs> at least he does that. I yeah. mean, I'm not saying Especially I'm after getting knocked off of the boat. At that point, I would have been like, yeah, he comes you know back. what? I'm just going to swim back to shore. <laughs> that would have been great. That would have made me like yeah. him. If he would have just given up after she made him get knocked off the boat, that yeah. would have been hilarious. Yeah. I'm trying to help uh, you here. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> Mandejo says, Freddie Prince Jr. could throw a soccer ball at my face and I'd ask him to do it again. Julie obviously wanted Helen to survive as she was more interesting. And let's face it, it's SMG. Hashtag not my final girl. Hashtag robbed. Hashtag run, bitch, run. (laughs) (laughs) Cody says, Ray. (laughs) With with all the Ys in there. Anthony DePuzo says, haha, damn. They both get so much hate, but I love them. I guess if I had to choose... Uh, Ray, because he doesn't step up until the finale. My real choice is okay. Max. Such a douche. I loved his death scene. Yes, Helen is uh, better, but Julie James is an awesome final girl. I want a requel with her. What are you waiting for? Oh my god. Alright, I haven't seen the sequel yet, so we'll we'll figure we'll, that out. We'll but see what happens. Ma- but Max was on the roster for me. I didn't like the, his entitlement when he yeah. talked to Julie, just like, but I just want to talk to you, or whatever the fuck. It was kind of like, no, like no, 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 it no. was one of those, um, like, I'm a nice guy. Mentality. Yeah, I hate that yeah. shit. Fucking hate that shit. So yeah, he was on the a list nice for guy. sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, In his mind. DP says, him. Helen is the final girl we deserved. Danielle D., says, I vote Barry, which, oh. I'm sorry, Danielle, but that is not uh, <laughs> no, a not nomination. Roster, we love Barry. Yeah. We love Bear. <laughs> I love him through Helen's eyes. Yeah. Anyway, go on. <laughs> uh, Michael Ryan asks, is there a both button? Um, uh, Marquise also says Barry with a uh, laughing emoji. Somebody mm. says Julie James. Heather Marie says Helen should have been the final girl. Julie was okay, just not my favorite. Barry was mm. completely insufferable, and Ray was bland and boring. Hell, I was rooting for Elsa over Julie. <laughs> so maybe if we did have a, a a Julie versus Elsa showdown, 
Ooh, maybe Julie still would have uh, been killed. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm going to say this wrong. Uh, Anahi Vasquez? While everyone in the movie was completely ridiculous and all deserved to die, lol, I'm going to go with Ray. Thomas Baker says, sorry, not sorry, Freddy. You're good at playing Fred Jones, but you're not as good playing Ray, so you've uh, been gutted by the hook. And then Luke right. does stuff, says, I chose Ray because he's just so boring. Like, he disappears throughout most of the movie like I hate it. Mm. So very, very lively discussion there. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> turned up for this one. Wow. Yeah. Come, That's what I'm saying. Like, work. you know, when you have a a horrible final couple, there's only yes. uh, and I was thinking, like, what other final couples are just as bad, if not worse? And the only two that came to mind were uh, Jesse and Jade from Bride of Chucky. And uh, um, um, what's their fucking the ones I hate from uh, Jason Takes Manhattan? Rennie. Oh, um, Rennie yeah, and Sean. And, um, sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, <laughs> fucking hate Dude. them. They're all, they're awful. Oh my god! So you get me in the lake, and you're not gonna get me now. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm gonna make this short and sweet uh, for the black phone. I'm gonna nominate the grabber because. Okay. Where were you? What What was your purpose? <laughs> what did you fucking do? Like, you didn't even you didn't show up. You weren't you weren't sinister. <laughs> you uh yeah i just i just feel like the movie would have been the same without him almost <laughs> All right. I, and you know and then for for other reasons that i said but i'm mean, just mostly i'm just disappointed because I, I i expected so much more from from them especially since ethan hawk was like promoted as being such a uh influential part of this movie it's just like where where yeah. were you 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 weren't there for me so yeah. What you say? All right, fair. My, I say Terrence Shaw, the father, played by Jeremy Davies, because um, he was more imposing and threatening uh, <laughs> for me than the grabber. Um, I was, I, I honestly, I felt more of a threat when Gwen was in her bed, or no, just in her room, doing her little prayer you know, uh, uh, a process. Right. <laughs> um, and then she had to immediately get into bed and like, you know, and he's just like, Hey, you're supposed to be sleeping right now or whatever he says and everything. And I just thought like, don't do, do yeah. not come through that door. If you come through that door, I was more scared for her in the house with her father than I was for Finney. I agree. I agree. And, and the way that we saw the light turn on and it was always like, she had to like run and hide in bed. Like I know. we never got that with a grabber. It was, it, no, yeah. <laughs> it was so much more threatening. And because he's supposed to be a father and because yeah. even though he doesn't get the hug at the end, he still doesn't get his due. Yeah. So I would have liked, I would have liked to have seen oh him. Oh my God. You know what what if... That's how you, that's how you solve the problem of the sequel. Kill him. That's how you solve the problem. Right. Let him die. What if the twist, what if anyway. the twist was that he turned out to be the grabber? Oh God. <laughs> that, okay. That would be. That would be disgusting. That would, <laughs> then I would definitely never want to see this movie again. 
<laughs> but um, and then I think and then I think Finney was even dumber because how do you not know it's your dad in a mask? But yeah. um, anyway, um, I Maybe he yeah, also so has I choose, the shine. He's like he's put up a like a cloak, <laughs> like an invisible. He's got a cloak. <laughs> You're getting in here. No. Um, <laughs> Stop searching for things. <laughs> um, I'm the grabber. Anyway. Uh. Okay. Well, uh, you can vote your heart, vote your conscience. The uh, poll is there for you <laughs> on Patreon, on Instagram, and on YouTube. I do also want to welcome some new Patreon supporters. So we've got yes. Walter Sixsmith, Stephanie Starbright, Ryan Showers, and Wilson Barrett. And also Ryan Showers. He has his own uh, podcast, Scream with uh, Ryan C. Showers. Oh, which I've actually, hey. I've, I've guested on a few times. So you should yes, check him out. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I listened to the most recent episode that you guested on. It was a good conversation. Guys should yeah. like download it. And, like, yeah, if you're, if, you're, if you're into more Scream talk, because, you know, obviously he's talking about Scream more than we are. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, go check him out. And, uh, also, uh, I want to thank Andre Felix as always, who is tirelessly working to, to put these episodes out there. So thank you, Andre. And, uh, thank you, Andre. if you would like to, uh, support us on Patreon, uh, you can, uh, look for me over there. It's, uh, Zach Cherry. And uh, if you want to start at the $1 tier, that gets you early access to all of these episodes. Uh, also, uh, we do a bonus episode every month, uh, which is exclusive for mm -hmm. Patreon, and that is the $5 tier. Uh, and this month, we've got uh, our ranking of all the final girls. So, you know, speaking of Julie James... We've, we've got, uh, we've got uh, something, we, you know, we've got to work out with her. It'll be interesting to, <laughs> to, to see where she lands there. But, you know, yeah, there's, there's yeah. a lot of stiff competition. Um, so join us for that. Uh, that'll be on Patreon. Yes. Um, but uh, other than that, where can they find you on social media, Eduardo? You can find me on Instagram at Edward is Truth, one word. And um, I, even though I'm taking a bit of a sabbatical from my YouTube, you can find me on there too. Edward is Truth, one word. Uh, got some movie reaction videos on there. Life is intervening, so I can't do it every week uh, for a while now. But check out what I posted and subscribe and see if I post something new. <laughs> That's the uh, best I can offer. Yeah, you can find me on uh uh, Instagram at retro bitch face, all one word. Uh, also my YouTube channel, which I know it seems like I'm on a sabbatical, but no, I'm, I'm just always working on the next project, which, which takes really a, a little bit longer than, <laughs> than normal. But, uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Zach Cherry eight. And, uh, if you would like to <laughs> follow the podcast uh we also have an instagram account at retro uh, no that's mine uh oh. at the the cherry picker pod <laughs> yeah, <laughs> also one word that one. that one that's uh that's on instagram and uh, if you are watching this on uh youtube hit that subscribe button uh you can uh you can listen or watch us uh, that way it is the cherry picker easy to find and if you are watching us right now 
on YouTube. You can also listen to us uh, by following the RSS feed link that's in the descriptions down below. That way you can do other shit and not like have to sit in front of your phone or your computer and see us for an hour and 38 minutes or however long it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But uh, what do we got going on next week? Next week, uh, we're doing that other one, right? That that guy did. That second one. Why do you always play coy? You know, you, you can't just come out and just say it. Next week, we're doing us. Yes, Jordan Peele, us, because we're getting closer and closer to Nope, which uh, might be one of the most uh, anticipated uh, movies, uh, or at least of this summer. So that'll be be exciting. But uh, that's Mm. all we got for you today. Thank you for watching, for listening, and we will be right back.